Welcome to All Things Terror. Um, I'm Emily. I'm Jennifer. And this is the podcast uh, where we talk about stories from true crime, history, uh, and science that are terrifying, and we are silly. Are we? Are we just dumb? I mean, a little column A, a little column B. It depends on the episode. Clint, right now, our editor, is thinking they're dumb. I understand why this card is a spider card. What is it? Is it planning ahead? Eight of Pentacles is a card of apprenticeship and mastery. Uh, you weaving. are working hard to improve your skills and become a master. Yeah, a master podcaster. Clint's like, fuck my ass. <laughs> so we're still in Austin. Yeah, well, you will remain in Austin till the end days. How do you know? I mean, yeah, I'm still in Austin. We're in the same room recording naked. Lit only by black candles, um, and we have twigs and crystals in our hair. Well, that's not true. I am wearing one sock. Sure, sure. And there but it's black. It's black. And there are also some sticks in the back of your car. That is true. My car is filled with sticks right now. I stopped and went camping on the way down for a night and thought I might have a fire. I did not have a fire. I had driven six hours, and I was like, fuck that. Uh, and so there's just, like, sticks ready to be burned. I mean, I'm going to be honest. It looks like a crazy person's car. Like, there's sticks and a box of just what is clearly random stuff. Well, so when you were talking about not being able to have sticks or putting the bag on top of sticks, I was like, sticks? And then I actually <laughs> saw the sticks, and I was like, I'm not really surprised by this. <laughs> I I'm mean... just going with it. <laughs> I feel like I should be offended that you weren't surprised that I had a bunch of sticks in my car, but, I mean, fair. Fair. Like, I I can't even be mad. I mean, you're talking to a person that has a bunch of rocks on her window seal. Yeah, but they're, like, pretty rocks. I mean, there's nothing special about these sticks. They literally fell off my tree, and they're collected for the purpose of burning. I don't know. Some of those are pretty ugly. Not all of them can be winners. Some of them I just found, and I was like, it sparkles, I like it. Yeah, I mean... Listen, sometimes I feel like I'm an ugly rock on the inside, so you have to love those too. So, Emily, you have a story for me. I do have a story for you. Um, you're going to really like it. It's a story that you and I, when we talked about doing this podcast years ago, um, this is the type of story that we talked about doing a lot, and we've never been able to figure out how to do it. And I, I did. I'm going to tell you a story. Are we talking about the phantom normal? What? No, I have no idea what you're talking about. Paranormal. Oh. Yeah, yeah, we are. Are there going to be ghosts? Yep, this are there is a be ghost werewolves? story. Oh, there's ghosts. Okay. You right. guessed it. I love, yeah. I love ghost story. So what I'm going to tell you about is what is often called uh, one of the most haunted houses in America. Um, I did some research about what hosts, hosts, what ghosts are allegedly here they can be hosts too do not be judgmental emily technically they live there and other people are coming here so they are the hosts of this house so i got some stories from that but i also and this is where i think it gets a little bit fun i've spent the night here so i can tell you my own impression of it did you get to hang out with ghost mm, maybe we'll see okay uh this is the story of the lemp mansion Dun, 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 dun. Uh, the Lem Mansion is in St. Louis, Missouri. 
It has a very all things terror story of why it's called the Lemp Mansion. It started with um, a man named Adam Lemp, as you might suggest, or you might guess, uh, if it's called the Lemp Mansion, someone named Lemp lived there. He was born in Germany in 1798. He moved to St. Louis, and he started out as I wrote. <laughs> The most party of all grocers because he sold his own vinegar and beer. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, past me. That's a great insight. The beer was like, what's popping off? So uh, by 1840, uh, he was just a brewer. Within 20 years, um, there were 40 breweries in St. Louis um, because this is in the days before refrigeration. And so St. Louis apparently has these underground caves. And so brewers would put their breweries on top of that, and then they could store the beer in the caves and keep the beer cold. And beer was big because it would keep, you know, microbes out of your intestines, so you wouldn't get cholera and shit. So, for those of you in the know, uh, St. Louis is a big beer city to this day. It's where uh, the Budweiser's main factory is. A little factoid. So the, the Lemps made uh, Falstaff beer, which I looked this up, and they have like little antique cans of Falstaff, and they're adorable. And in some form, this beer continued until 2005. Interesting. Yeah. But obviously not like the original formulation. Mm, Not quite. Um, Just the original name. Yeah, so in 1926, um, Lemp Brewing got bought by someone else, which is what became Falstaff. And Falstaff is what stayed on, um, and Paps, like Paps Blue Ribbon, bought it. Um, and stopped production of Falstaff in 2005. Well, that's rude. Yeah, apparently it wasn't selling well, which is too bad, because it was cute. And it references Shakespeare, so what's not to love? Um, so Adam Lemp is, is an amazing brewer. Adam died in 1862. He was 64, which is, you know, fine old age. Um, and his son, William, takes over. And William was the one that really is known as, as being, like, the real mogul. He used Tom Haverford's word. He built a bigger brewery, uh, and then he's basically an Instagram influencer before Instagram or even computers exist. He turned it into the biggest brewery in St. Louis, then the biggest single-owner brewery outside New York. He started brewing and bottling at the same place, which was apparently rare. Okay, but why? Like, that makes sense. So, the other people were dummies. Seems pretty logical to me that you would brew and bottle at the same place, but... Apparently I mean, that was innovative. Maybe it required more space? I have no idea. It just, it doesn't make sense to me. I guess maybe you would have like a giant barrel on the back of a horse-drawn carriage and take that full of beer somewhere where people would like just pour a little spigot into a glass bottle. <laughs> That's how they did I don't know. That sounds like the worst job. Anyway. I know. I have not. That's just what I picture in my mind. Uh, if you're a historian, please correct us. William also uh, introduced refrigerated railway cars to ship beer, which that is pretty cool. It makes me feel kind of like it's a steampunk Wild Wild West type situation, that Will Smith movie. Anyway, so this is Wild Wild West IRL, if you will. Um, He's using railway cars to ship beer, which is hard to say. We are drinking beer, by the way. Uh, We're not going to say what it is until they sponsor us. Yeah, so all of you breweries out there, it could be any of you. Could be literally any brewery because we will drink it all. <laughs> you can you can sponsor us by just giving us cans and that's it. Yeah, we, we can take some pictures, put them up on Instagram. They're lemp brewing, uh, the beer is shipped worldwide. And this is in the 1800s, mid-1800s, so that's pretty cool. Things are going really great for William for now. 
he and his wife have six kids. Jeez. I tried really hard to figure out the order, and it was basically impossible. But I got the first four. Um, Billy is the oldest, and then Louis, Charles, Frederick, and then there's two more, Elsa and Edwin. I don't know who's the youngest. Fred, who is the fourth in line, is the one that's sort of poised to take over from William because he's the best, apparently. But he actually dies at age 28 from heart failure, which is... That's sad. Very young. Um, Apparently he was sick, like, all his life, so who knows. Um, I actually, I just learned something. This is an aside, but I just learned that measles... If you get measles, what it does, in addition to making you sick in that moment, it erases your immune system. So you are like a baby. All of your immunities that get built up, measles erases. Well, then you just gotta go lick some rocks. Yeah, so anytime that measles becomes endemic in a population, there's lots of deaths from things like pneumonia or chickenpox, like secondary infections. Whooping cough. Whooping cough, yeah. Do so, people die from whooping cough? I guess the same vulnerable populations, right? Um, I I feel like babies die from whooping cough. Pertussis. It's highly contagious. I know that there is a resurgence of whooping cough. Totally not because of anti-vaxxers at all. Well, I was just going to say, uh, get vaccinated. Measles is also airborne. It's like, I could have measles, walk through a room, you could come in that room like an hour later and get measles. So Fred's supposed to take over for his father, William, but he dies. Um, Three years later, William's BFF, also named Fred, last name Paps, yes, that Paps, also dies. And in 1904, I think that same year after Fred Paps dies, uh, William left complete suicide by gunshot. That's sad. It is sad. And I'm just going to tell you, buckle up. This is not the end of sad tales for this family. They certainly had some sort of mental illness going on or something, like hereditary or because they're being dicks to each other or something. So his father's dead. His brother, who's supposed to take over, dies. Um, The oldest son, Billy, takes over the brewery. Uh, And he's married to a woman named Lillian, who's called the Lavender Lady because she likes purple. It's her color. It's a good color. I'm... Uh, lavender, I'm not a big smell person, but lavender is like the only smell that I love. So I'm with you on that, Lillian. And, you know, maybe she liked alliteration. Lillian the Lavender Lady. Yeah, that's good. Sounds like a kid's book. She's branding herself. Yeah, she is. This is basically like Hollywood Instagram influencers before this was a thing. They're celebrities, they're rich, they're St. Louis's Kardashians, if you will. Except way sadder. Um, okay, so... Billy is married to Lillian, um, but four years after they get married, it's straight-up scandal time. He likes to party, possibly with sex workers. I don't know. Some some places, you know, when you research ghost stories, they make really... They're like, ooh, he was sleeping with prostitutes in the bed. Like, they just go really big. So who knows? Perhaps he was. This is the ghost of my syphilis. Yeah, I mean, listen, he's he's young, he's wealthy, there's not a lot of equality in this era, it's... He's gonna do what he wants. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was. But anyway, so he's 
doing whatever drugs are hip he's partying and she followed she actually filed for divorce in 1908 charging him with desertion cruel treatment and quoth other indignities well then whatever that means there it says their divorce proceedings lasted 11 days which is feels like a long time to be in divorce court having never been divorced i don't know but it doesn't sound like a fun almost two weeks um, Lillian got the divorce and custody of their only child, who was named William III. So there's a lot of Williams in this. Bummer. It's, of course, like front page news and all that jazz. Um, and then I think the Lavender Lady moves from the left mansion. Uh, about a little less than 10 years later, it's 1919. What happened in 1919? I mean, a lot of things happened in 1919. I just did a noisy sip of a beer as a hint. Prohibition. Yep. Prohibition shows up to fuck shit up. A year later, all of the brewery stuff is sold. Um, it is just... It basically devastates this company and they sell it off. Uh, also, fun fact, Prohibition was repealed on my birthday in December. I mean, that explains a lot. Yep. <laughs> a year later, in 1920, uh, Billy also completes suicide by shooting himself in the office. And again, this is the same mansion where his father and brother both died. These Williams and their suicides. Yeah, it's really sad. He has one, two, three, four remaining siblings, though. Elsa, also, she's, oh, she is the youngest. So Edwin is the second youngest. Anyway, um, Elsa also marries, um, she marries a man named Thomas Wright, uh, he was the president of a brass and metal company in 1910, so this would be two years after um, Billy. However, they separated in 1918, and in 1919, ten years after Billy's own divorce, Elsa files for divorce. Um, she cites damage to her mental and physical health. The divorce is granted, but then they reconcile and remarry in 1920, and then in 19 later that, like, less than a month later, Elsa shoots herself in bed and dies. What? Yeah, not not the Lemp Mansion, but still a bummer. This was so 1920. Billy is still alive, but he would die later that same year. And apparently, upon hearing the death about her death, he said, "That's the Lemp family for you." I mean, he's not wrong. Yeah, at least from the track record. So. He's not wrong, but like, it does make you go like, "Damn, that's cold." It makes you wonder, like. What other family secrets do we not know? Yeah, that's very much what I feel like. Like, they just, they don't sound like nice people. Like, not to besmirch these strangers who lived, like, 200 years ago that I know nothing about. One of their siblings, Charles, um, he never married. He lived with his dog uh, in the Lent Mansion, which, I mean, sweet. Why not? Yeah. In April 1941... Um, he sent a letter to a funeral home just being like, listen, when I die, just put me at the crematory. Don't do anything with the body. Just put my ashes in a wicker box and bury it on the farm. Um, I don't want a funeral. I don't want notice put in the paper or anything. And then eight years later, uh, he too completed suicide by shooting himself. However, first he shot his dog. I know. I know. He shot his dog and then himself in the head. Then again... I mean, who would have taken care of his dog? I think that there were servants that lived there with him, so they could have taken care of the dog. I mean, would you, do you think they would have taken care of the dog? I don't know. I, I mean... This is also a time period that's not very kind to animals. Yeah, that's true. 
I, listen, if we've learned anything, he, people are not nice to maids, so maybe it was best. But yeah, so he said, you know, if I'm... The note that he left said, uh, St. Louis, Missouri, May 9th, 1949, in case I am found dead, blame it on no one but me. So, premeditated. Yeah, that's all he said. I will say the sister's death sounds a little bit like a murder. Like, they went through a divorce, she's like, he's fucking cruel to me, he beats me. Oh, never mind, we're back together, and then she gets shot. Could be. Feels a little suspicious to me, and since this is a spooky podcast, I'm just going to plant that seed of suggestion in everyone's mind. The remaining son, Edwin, he did die of natural causes uh, in 1970 at the age of 90. Uh, However, his final order to the person taking care of him uh, was to destroy his art collection and family heirlooms. Why? Because his family sounds like dickholes. I mean, like, I honestly think it's just like he's like, fuck these people. Like, I got all these money, but like, damn, I'm not into it. But yeah, so that's basically the Lemp family. There is a story, I will say, I think there's certainly some sort of family difficulties, like dysfunction or hereditary mental illness or something. Um, But yeah, pretty bummed. There is a legend that I will sort of talk about right now that they think one of the ghosts is this, quote, monkey-faced boy that they think is the William, the guy, the dad of all these kids his illegitimate son or maybe his brother who was born deformed or maybe with something like down syndrome and like locked in the attic or the basement and blah 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 but there's no records that say this person existed so it's like they made it up later to be like "Ooh, the monkey face boy also like what a terrible thing to create i know there are things way scarier yeah it's pretty bad um it's like this is my haunted flip-flop. <laughs> well, it's also another thing. You know how I said that there are, like, caves that they would... That apparently from the Lynn Mansion, there are, like, caves that they use to store the beer in, like, either associated with the lamps or, like, connected to it or whatever. Um, I saw some... I've seen some things that are, like, they were Indian caves. And it's, like, that, that's dumb. Indians being killed is sad on its own. This story of this family is sad on its own. Like, you don't need to add, like, someone who has, like, non-neurotypicality and, like, Native Americans. Like, we don't, this is not horror story bingo. You know, or they could just, you know, I feel like it's, like, one of those go big or go home things. It's like, this is the cave of Nosferatu. (laughs) And Nosferatu's hidden gimp son. Yes. Oh, and by the way, by the way, there's also, like, an alligator monster in here, so. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, who is cursed by a Native American witch. But in the daytime, the alligator monster is a beautiful woman. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and she seduces people with sex, and that's how you die. And then somehow there's, like, a weird, like, Persephone story weaved in or something like that. Exactly. Well, yeah. now we've written our perhaps second or third movie. Hotel people, I am for hire mm-hmm. if you need a haunted story. Yeah, so I said I did research. I watched uh, an episode of Ghost Adventures and Ghost Hunters have both done episodes here. Solid research. Yeah. And like I said, I stayed here so I can tell you about it. So... I thought I had never seen Ghost Adventures before. I know you watched it, and then when I watched it, um, I don't. I it's not that I watched it. 
you have seen i watch it and i am a huge fan oh okay my bad my bad um well i realized when i watched this episode that i have seen it with you before and i have to say i'm always very skeptical of those however ghost adventures was really nice like it's all these guys that are kind of bro-ish but like they get scared and be like are you okay man and like at one point they like split up and they're in the caves and like your boy zach baggins is by himself and then the other guys are like i really want to check on him like his walkie-talkie or whatever isn't working like so that there's a lot of love it's an example of non-toxic masculinity i would say and i think it's adorable that they put safety first yeah, they do seem to really, like, respect and care for each other. And, like, yeah, overall, it was a good watch. And they don't go, like, way over the top to make it silly. Like, they So just... they don't talk about the cave of Nosferatu. No, they most of their time is in the cave, but they do... And they don't talk about the alligator monster. No, they don't. Not in this episode. I mean, maybe in, like, a bonus Or one. the spiders. Remember the... Uh... Rift tracks we watched today. Oh yeah, we watched rift tracks on Arachnia. Arachnia, <laughs> it's so bad. I mean, the rift tracks is hilarious. The movie yeah. is very bad. It was a perplexing movie. I don't know. I was into it. It seems like a movie that characters in a movie would be watching. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, it's a perfect way to describe it. <laughs> so anyway, uh, on Ghost Adventures, there's also a part where uh, Zach Baggins is like. I wrote this down, like, he's quite respectful of, like, the spirits, and then, like, the guys talk about their feelings and stuff. It's it's delightful. But anyway. Oh, but he gets firm with so- them sometimes. Yeah. He's like, uh-uh, sassy ghost. Yeah. Well, at one point, he says to the ghost, Mr. Lemp, I know it's late, and I know you probably don't want me in your house right now, but I was wondering if you could talk to me. He's got manners. Yeah, he does. And okay. there, there's, like, a point where one of the guys says, like, I'm getting really sad right now. And he's like, that's okay, like all right, are you going to be all right? Like, anyway, purportedly the people that haunt this, they think that it is the Charles Lemp, the one who killed his dog. He actually believed that his family was cursed, which I feel like this is the guy that we would be friends with. Like, he seems kind of like a sensitive, chill dude who just lived with his dog and thought his family was cursed. Some of the stories that both of these um, adventures shows talked about before the host got in there is a william lemp bedroom which is where it says william and i think one other person completed suicide uh made again poor maids um said that she was like cleaning it and then went to do something and came back and like all of the pictures were upside down well, that's just inconvenient. I know. And, I mean, I want to be a ghost when I die. I want to be a little mischief maker. That would be great because it's harmless, but it is very scary. Like, you're getting a big wow factor. Um, there's also some sort of, like, paranormal lady who does, quote, supernatural sleepovers. And she said that she heard a door open, things laid, like someone laying down or walking around her bed, um, and then, like, a, a yell. There's cold spots, um, particularly in this front office type thing. There, the William Limp bedroom, there was a husband and wife who said that they heard talking in the hallway and then heard the doorknob twist. And they were like, that's weird. And they, then the guy, the husband said that he saw like a hand on his leg, which is, whoa, ghost, give me a little but, uh, Listen, consent. I'm married. Yeah. Consent. 
They seem to think it's William, the father of all the children. In the tunnel, um, the ghost adventures people went in the tunnel, um, and a crew person said that he lost his glasses, and he was like, what on earth? Like, did I drop them somewhere? And then he, like, walked forward, and his glasses were, like, 50 yards ahead of him where he hadn't been before. Spooky. Yeah, that was a good one. I was like, damn. Um, but also funny. Yeah. Okay, again. I can get down with these hauntings. Yeah. One, the ghost uh, hunters talked to someone who said that they have heard a really, or they smell, like, a really, really bad, like, B.O. smell. There is a dining room. So the first floor now is, like, a kit, uh, like a dining room area where people can go and eat. And then upstairs there are, like, rooms you can stay in and offices. Um, and apparently, like, furniture in the dining room will move around. Or, like, people try to pull a chair out and they can't move it. And one, uh, only in the ghost adventures, or ghost hunters places. And I didn't see this anywhere else. People said that they felt like a dog brush against their leg. Which is kind of cute. I like, like, I have leftovers. Yeah, put a, put bacon to by the floor and yeah. it disappears. <laughs> I love ghost animals. Um, the Stanley, which is the hotel that Stephen King stayed in when he uh, was inspired to write The Shining, purportedly has a ghost cat there named Comanche. And when I found that out, I was there with my boyfriend at the time and I just kept saying, Comanche, attack! <laughs> <laughs> so far, has not happened. Which just only confirms that it's a real cat. I have seen sometimes people uh, talk about maybe feeling like a woman in the room. A lot of places say that people feel a really strong, intense feeling of being watched. Currently, the Lemp Mansion is actually owned by someone whose last name is Pointer. And uh, he talks about one time he was like staying there while renovating the place before they reopened it. And he heard, like, a huge loud bang, like, right outside the bedroom door. And he went out there and, like, couldn't find anything. The pointers have also said that um, they've lost employees due to, like, some of the ghostly stuff. And that's one thing that I really like is, like, uh, when employees talk about things. Another couple hauntings. um, One night while closing, some keys were played on the piano. Employees never found anybody. A drawer of a dresser that belonged to the lamps opens. Objects will disappear and reappear in different locations. Voices will be heard. So lots of lots of ghostly activities. This would be me as a ghost. It'd be like somebody would go in and like rearrange stuff like on a a dresser or something, and like put the lamp in in the slightly wrong position, and like ghost Jennifer would be like, no, 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 that has to. Go back there. Right? Or, like, you're like, things keep moving around, but they look better this way. Yeah, it's just really, like, such <laughs> a balance in the room. This is not a spoiler, I don't think, but have you seen um, The Others with Nicole Kidman? Yes. Kind of like that, but not as devious, where, like, someone's like, where did all this stuff come from? Like, this isn't mine, you know? And they're like, or they're like, wow, this is really cool. Like, Let me try it on. Yeah, I feel like ghosts would be like, what is with the cell phone business that people are getting into all the time? They, I, You know, they'd be curious about this stuff. They would watch me play my dragon game and be like, really? That's what you spend your time on? Yeah, yeah. I feel like if I was a ghost from like the 1860s, present day would be really exciting. Um, and you could watch porn? 
<laughs> I mean, you, you don't have you to. You can watch live action porn if the house has people having sex in it. They're like, you don't have to get them off of playing cards anymore? Yeah, no kidding, right? <laughs> Uh, and they're not in black and white. They're yeah. in full color. Everything must be so colorful compared to the past. So, I have a story from um, a, a website that is first person. I'll read that, and then I'll tell you about my experience. Does that sound good? Sounds good. Cool. So, every year, um, the website Jezebel hosts a spooky story contest where people like just comment with their best scary story. And I found this one, and I was really excited, and I sent it to my friend um, because she was at the Land Mansion with me. Uh, so I'm going to read it. This is a story about a makeup jog- job I did in a famously haunted building, the Lemp Mansion. When I had come home from work that day, I wrote it all out so I would not forget it, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Uh, on Monday, October 17th, 2016, I was doing makeup for a photo shoot at the Lemp Mansion. The photographers, the key holder, and I arrived before dawn. There was no one in the mansion itself, 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 God, why can't I read today? Except for a guest in the bed and breakfast. I'm going to talk more about that later. Um, the person with the key was one of the models, a friend of the owner who is getting an excellent favor granted. Though it was dark and empty, nothing spooky was going on whatsoever. We went up to the second floor and the two photographers left me to begin the model while they went to the studio to get more gear. I quickly forgot about my location and set to my task. The room gradually filled with sunlight to help along with the ring light and the overhead pendant lights. There were two of these pendant lights dangling from chains under gorgeous ceiling medallions about eight feet apart. With the march of time such progress over the decades, Lemp is now overlooking Highway 55, so we heard a lot of morning white noise, like traffic and big trucks barreling down the highway. It was nothing unusual. An assistant and another model showed up, then the photographers, another model, and the office folk. Soon after the office folk, the downstairs dining room opened for lunch. It was broad, sunny daylight, and the building was bustling with life. I was barreling to the conclusion of the models, at which time I was free to go home. The middle model asked me what I knew of the history of the place. I'm a bit of a paranormal fangirl, though I told her I didn't know much for sure, other than the publicized suicides. I mentioned there was allegedly an illegitimate son who was born with some sort of impairment, Due to the practices of the day, unfortunately, he didn't get proper care and instead was allegedly stowed in the attic. This is Emily breaking to say, yeah, this is a really common story, but like I said, I haven't seen any, like... Evidence. There's no real records of this person. Although, if he was illegitimate, would there be blah, 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 but... Yeah, we can get in a loop on that one forever. (laughs) Yeah, I'm really skeptical of that story because it just feels like something that would be invented after the fact. But I could be wrong. So going back into the story, I told her I had heard the story on the radio a few times before, but wasn't sure what details were true and what were fanciful. I said he had a rather rude nickname that it was rumored he hated, but I told her if he had hated it in life, I didn't want to perpetuate it by saying it out loud. That's nice. We sort of went about our business after that. The photographer thoughtfully brought the group lunch between 1230 and 1. I was almost done with my last model, too warm to eat, and pretty ready to go after being on my feet that long, so I declined. I figured if I worked through lunch, I could leave sooner. The photographer's assistant and two models were eating at the table under the far pennant lamp, which was about eight feet from where I was standing under the other lamp, doing the face of the last model. The model I spoke to about the son in the attic asked the model who let us in about him. She said the owners had told her it wasn't real, it was just a story made up to titillate, and that he wasn't one of the official spirits in that place. Me and the model have that in common, like so many other things. (laughs) She also used the name he hated monkey boy as she dismissed his existence after a few minutes i heard a continuous noise really only noticed it in the background because i was focused on my job 
It sounded like a large piece of machinery with a busted motor mount, a loud metal rattling. I ignored it, figuring it to be a truck outside at a loading dock or something. It went on, though, and right about the time I was thinking, damn, that truck is friggin' close, one of the models exclaimed. I looked up, and the pendant over my head was shaking hard, like someone above it was aggressively yanking on the cord or chain above it. It didn't stop when we noticed it either. My model, the photographers, and another model whipped out the cell phones to record it. We were trying to figure out a practical reason for what made it shake. Actual conversation, can they land helicopters of the roof of the lamp? No, they can't land helicopters on the roof here. And chatting rather loudly over the noise. One of the models pointed out that nothing else in the room was shaking. No photos, furniture, not even the other lamp. The one over my head finally stopped moving. That was all rather interesting enough, but out of the four videos recorded, one showed no movement at all, and one showed only the tiniest bit of sway, though you hear us talking super loud about how the lamp was moving, including the helicopter conversation. One disappeared off the person's phone entirely. I never get, did get a chance to check in with the fourth model to know what her video looked like. There were seven witnesses in broad daylight. Creepy. Isn't that creepy? I kind of like that one, though, because it's like, don't talk about this fake monkey boy. <laughs> so I stayed there in like maybe 2010 or 2011. And my friend Natalie and I, um, who I hope to get on the podcast one day, she was living in Chicago at the time and I was living in Idaho. And uh, we she was going to St. Louis for a work conference. And she was like, well, if you want to meet me there, like, I have to spend this day and that day at the conference, but then we could just hang out. And I, we had another friend from college who lived there, and I was like, sure. So we, like, I was like, well, what if we paid for, like, one night in, like, kind of a nice place, and, you know, your, your work can reimburse for the rest of the time. And so we stayed the first night in the Lamp Mansion. <laughs> And she picked me up at the airport, and I was like, what is it like? And she's like, it's weird. And I was like, what do you mean it's weird? And she's like, you'll see. So we got there, and we, like, parked in the back, and we walked in, and I was like, are there only people here? And she was like, yeah. She's like, (laughs) I checked in, and then the employee just left. And it's, like, a house, a big old house, but, like, upstairs there's, like, four bedrooms or something and an office, And then downstairs, there's, like, a kitchen and a front room. Like, it's a business. And they were just like, bye. (laughs) And all the lights were off. We were just like, this is super weird. Like, it was, we were really, really, really creeped out. How do they keep squatters from, like, you know, just taking a room? I have no idea. And, like, we were like, okay, well, let's walk around. Like, we walked in all the bedrooms. We, like... We're walking around the dining room. We didn't go in the kitchen. Um, I remember being like, I feel like there's going to be cameras in a kitchen. The only thing that we didn't do, we there was like a front office with a big front window, and we didn't go in there. We were like, for some reason, we just didn't want to go in there. And I don't know if we were like, oh, someone will see us or like this or that, but like it, it creeped us out. And when I was watching these, they said that that was one of the rooms that people had like completed suicide in and some and they get a lot of like weird activity like drawers opening and stuff in that office but it was it was just really really creepy being there by ourselves um and we stayed in the William Lemp room which was also one of the rooms that's the one where the husband and wife were staying when they heard the door rattle and the guy the ghostly hand on the leg but we and we, when we went to bed, like, the William Lemp room is huge. It's like a hotel suite. Like, you have a whole sort of, like, sitting room, and then there's, like, a soft division, like, kind of, like, not full walls, but, like, 
kind of a little division and then where the bed is and Mm -hmm. I think we slept with the lights on. Like, we were really, really creeped out. Like, we <laughs> felt like someone was going to walk in. And I, we didn't really, like, hear anything. We didn't, like, see anything. But it was really spooky. Maybe for different reasons. Yeah, maybe for different <laughs> reasons. And that's the thing that we kept talking about. Like, we were like, it was just weird. Like, it was so creepy that they were like, all right, peace out. Like, we could have, like, stolen all the furniture. You know what I yeah. mean? Like... And when I, I emailed her um, that story that I read you, and she said, that is so damn creepy, especially crazy was the disappearing videos, and it totally brought me back to my arrival there before your flight landed. I took one picture of the room and was freaked out by the reflection of the camera mirror in the flesh. Camera flash in the mirror. <laughs> camera mirror in the flesh. <laughs> yes, the camera mirror. <laughs> ah, it's here! <laughs> the camera flash in the mirror. Um, she says, so then I drove aimlessly around St. Louis until it was time to pick you up. So I didn't have to go back there by myself. I didn't even like peeing by myself while you were there. It's a damn good thing I didn't use any hated nicknames of the spirits. <laughs> so how many rooms are in this hotel? I think there's four because there's the Charles, there's like the William suite, the Charles suite. And then, um, I think there's like the lady suite or something. William Lemp, the Lavender Suite, Elsa Suite, and the Frederick and Lewis Suite. So it sounds like we need to get a group of friends together. Yeah, I would love to go there. (laughs) And they do do, like, ghosty things there. It it was really interesting. I don't know. I, I would stay in a haunted place again, and... If you listen to our interlude with Jenny Lynn, um, I talk about when I have seen, like, doors open and stuff. But it it was just so bizarre. And, like, we were not that old. We were, like, 21. And it was, like, I remember being, like, they don't know us. And we don't seem like respectable people. Like, they just gave you keys to the front door and left. They didn't even inquire who I was. Like, it, and maybe it's different. But it was so spooky and creepy, um, aside from ghosties. And actually, I don't know if this is still the case, but there used to be a brewery in St. Louis called Four Hands that was owned by a, a limp. So there are still limps around. Um, they did have a generation that was like really sad, possibly cursed. How many uh, haunted hotels have you stayed in? I think that's the only one. I mean, I've been on ghost tours, so I've like walked into haunted places, but I haven't. But I mean, you know... The Lent Mansion is really old and historic and, like, beautiful, but, you know, there's no reason why there's not, like, haunted Hilton Express or whatever. I was gonna say, at least everyone has stayed in, quote, a haunted hotel if you've... If you realize it or not. Yeah, like, (laughs) someone has died in a hotel or motel that Uh you have stayed in. Oh, 100%. Well, and, like, where I lived in Mesilla, I think that was haunted. I would hear things, like, I would hear people talking. And, like, you could, if people were walking past where I lived, you could hear them. And it it was, like, I couldn't, it wasn't, like, I was hearing someone outside. It was, like, I was hearing someone, like, in the room next to me. And the cats acted really, really weird. They used to, like, stalk, like, things that weren't there. And one time it got, it got really bad. And I was, like, you need to knock it off if you're, if you upset the cats, and then nothing ever happened after I said that. So I like you... to think it was a horse ghost and someone talking to a horse, because they, it was stables in, like, the 1800s, uh, and the cats were like, what is that fucking horse? Like, what is that animal? 
Stop swatting your tail around. Yeah, exactly. And I don't, I don't like horses, so I was like, get out, horse ghost. So do you believe in ghosts, Emily? I do. I don't know if every ghost story is real. I'm pretty skeptical of most things. I have had some things happen that are literally unexplainable, except something not human. But also, like, I don't know that ghosts are, like, people who die that have unfinished business or vengeful spirits or whatever. Like, maybe it's, like, you know, time is not linear. It's just that humans only experience it in linear time. So, like, maybe ghosts are, like, where time gets weirded out. What is the weirdest ghost experience you've had besides horse ghost? Besides horse ghost? Well, the one that I talked about in Jenny with... Jen, um, in that special interlude episode, um, the first apartment that I lived in, I had a bedroom door that I would sleep closed and I, I would see the handle turn and the door open and like no one was there. And that would happen in the morning. and I would just go back to sleep. Like it never scared me. And that happened. And, and if you like that story, I tell it a little bit better in there. But, um, one time I hit like I backed into a car and I was really really upset and I came home and I was by myself and so my room was like on one end of the apartment and then the living room and then there was like a hallway with like two other bedrooms and a bathroom and all those doors in the hallway were open and I was just like crying and yelling like I was just so mad and so upset and the doors in the hallway shut one at a time like bam 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 and that terrified me I was so scared because it was like someone slamming the doors but like one at a time like slam 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 and that I was just like no like no more I don't want anything else and you should have been like I am trying to be upset here (laughs) you're ruining my dramatic moment (laughs) that was a pretty intense one and then I had a friend who died and I have dreams about him a lot and my mom one time was like, you need to talk to this lady. She does like readings or whatever. And I was like, oh, okay, mom. And she described one of those dreams perfectly, like to a T. And it was, I was like, I've never even just like, I've never even said that memory out loud. And that was really, really weird because I was just the specifics of that were so stupid and dumb like it wasn't like she's like he patted you on his shoulder and wanted you to know he moved on like it wasn't vague like that it was just specific and random and weird like dreams are and yeah I had never I had never said I had never even said that out loud and it that was really 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 weird where I was like I don't know how literally anyone even someone who knows me and knew him could have described that let alone a stranger who didn't know anything and that was, that was insane. I still, like, I don't even know what to make of that. So do you think she tapped into, like, the ghost mind? Or did she tap into, like, some sort of shared consciousness where she could access your memory of the dream? Yeah, and see, like, that to me, I'm fine if that's what ghosts are. Like, I don't think ghosts have to be, like, the dead angels whispering, you know? Like, maybe the ghosts... Or, and then ghosts and psychics are the same, like, real psychics are the same thing of, like, this idea that they can somehow, like, yeah, tap into all of human consciousness or something. I don't know. I, I, I think in our last episode when we talked about spontaneous human combustion, it's like, I mean, whatever theories exist about what ghosts are is interesting. Like, whatever, okay, that's cool. I don't know. 
I'm open but skeptical to most ghost things. Well, I'm an extreme skeptic. Yeah, I know. You're, yeah. you're, you're not thinking they're real. But you enjoy the stories. I do enjoy the stories, but I also... But I appreciate that about you, because, like, not many people, like, a lot of people, if they don't believe in something, then they don't enjoy interacting with people that do. But, like, or they don't find it entertaining to hear stories about it. My family is weird, and there are people that have that have all kinds of belief systems, but my aunt believed that there, she was haunted by a ghost named Sir Walter, and he would make things like disappear he was like a prankster ghost <laughs> like you would lose something and a couple of days later it would like reappear somewhere yeah i remember she made this anklet for me and i love this anklet i used to wear it all the time and keep in mind i was very young and i had spent like all night watching horror movies it was probably up until like two o'clock in the morning before i finally went to sleep yeah and i took off this anklet and i set it down i remember so it was like one of those tables that have like the top and then underneath there's like more space for stuff. I set it on the ledge of the bottom part because I was sleeping on the floor next to it. And when I yeah. woke up in the morning, it wasn't there. And then my aunt would say, Sir Walter did it. So Did you ever find it again? I did. I found it underneath the table. So rational brain goes, well, I must have hit it and pushed it underneath the table yeah. in the middle of the night. But, you know, you ask... My aunt, who, you know, lived in the apartment forever, is a ghost of Sir Walter. My mom, my mom says a similar thing about the house that her and my dad lived in when uh, she was pregnant with me. And I'm the oldest. She said that, like, things would go missing and then you'd find them in weird places. Like, you wouldn't be able to find your car keys and then they'd be in the fridge. Or something just, like, totally weird. And um, I always was like, yeah, but you were maybe you were doing it you know <laughs> i don't know but i don't know i like stories like that i think they're interesting and like you said like this idea of like maybe it was sir walter maybe it wasn't but just i have not no way to prove it not knowing yeah. is actually kind of fun to me i've told you about this but i have like kind of a weird fear of things of, that have faces yeah yeah you've talked about that on this podcast actually the so, robert the doll episode robert doll so this is stuffed animals it can be paintings, basically stuff that are inanimate objects that have faces. And I'm also going to say that I have a collection of figurines that have faces. I have a collection of stuffed animals and I have all kinds of artwork that have faces. So it hasn't ever stopped me. But every now and then I would But you get... don't keep them in your bedroom. No, I don't. <laughs> um, every now and then what settles me, like, is so unsettling to me is like, what I feel like it is is that it's unnatural. Yeah. And I don't know why that bothers me so much, but I'll be in a room and say that there's a bunch of stuffed animals in there, and sometimes I'll get, like, really uncomfortable, and I'll just have to walk out of the room. My grandmother, my grandmother's house on my dad's side, she had, like, a wall of dolls, and I would have to sleep in that living room, and there were nights where I just couldn't sleep because all I could think about are all the not real faces looking at me. Oh. But I can tell you that there was this one time at my house in High Point, uh, when I lived there, I remember my sister had, like, this giant stuffed raccoon. And, I mean, like, Aww. comically large. It was, like, 
like a 60 pound dog size yeah and the thing was <laughs> my sister would like sleep on it like a bed oh that's so cute so um also raccoons are awesome i know i hated this thing though. <laughs> i hated it because it was big and it took up all the space mm-hmm. i hated it because it made me feel uncomfortable because now there's a large thing that had a face in the room and uh my sister and i at the time had been like arguing a whole lot and i was in the closet and again still very young cleaning out stuff in my closet because apparently i've always been this crazy about being that's neat just what you do yep and so i was cleaning my closet and i heard this really low growl and it was right next to me and that also happened to be where the raccoon was what if your sister was the poltergeist and that's why it growled could be she made a growl at you so i leapt out of there like i jumped over the raccoon like and hauled ass and like took a minute because again it's an irrational fear and i understand it as an irrational fear a fear but you still feel scared even if you're like this is stupid Ah!" yes so i'm sitting there in the living room trying not to freak out and i'm like what do i do about this situation and then i thought about it and my room where it was sits directly over where my dad would like play video games and stuff in the basement oh really (laughs) so could be raccoon could could be be my dad dad like killing no i think he was playing like a like you know the games like quake and stuff yeah like in the basement and i'm like you know mystery explained but it could have been the raccoon it could have been the raccoon my cousin says that she sees dead people like people that aren't there and my she said it like kind of only a couple years ago she's a teenager now and um we were like what the hell and my mom was like seriously and her mother my mom's sister was like oh that comes from my husband's side of the family like they're all like that and she was like are you serious and she's like yeah they have like premonitions and stuff and like just said it super casually and i was like oh okay yeah yeah so i was that's interesting to me i was like just casual everyone sees ghosts maybe i'm not sensitive enough to get hauntings i mean that could be a good thing though do you really want to be haunted no i mean yes and no because like i'd like to experience it for myself to be like is this something real yeah have you ever gone to like a psychic not not really you should do that tarot reading i know how to do because that's something that's been handed down and that's about as close to divination and psychics that I have ever gotten to. I will say I went to a psychic when I was turning 20. She was like 19 years old. I was in college. I had gone to school in Illinois the previous year and just like transferred to like Nevada, which is where I ended up getting my degree. It's where I met Clint. But at the time I was like, I've only been here a semester. I'm not into it. I don't like any of this. I was a journalism student and I hate children. I've always... I don't hate them now, but I really hated them. I've never been, I've never wanted to be a mom. I've, I just, I don't, I don't really care for children. This is relevant. I promise. I'm not just randomly being like, and by the way, I don't like kids, but I went to this psychic and she was like asking me questions. And like, I was trying to play it, like not giving her a lot of information. Like, you know, cause if you're like, I'm here cause I want to talk to my dead uncle, then she'll be like, Oh, a male presence coming through or whatever. So I was just like, yes, no. And then she was like, uh well I see you surrounded by children like are you a teacher and I was like absolutely not and she was like no that's what I see like you're gonna be 
Like, you're, you, there are children around you. And I was like, I was just like, no. Screaming on the inside. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm, I'm a writer. And she was, it was really interesting because I just remember being like, well, you're wrong. <laughs> but I will say I, why I'm a teacher now is because I had a tutoring job. And when I worked at the tutoring, I would work on the floor and there would be children around me. Like, I would be standing and there would be children. And that's what she described, and it was years later. And that's what I made me want to be a teacher. So there is there is some element of like, oh, well, I remembered that. And then I looked back and made it fit, of course. But there's also like, you know, someone who's like trying to get information. You say no. And she's like, she doesn't explain it away. She's like, no, that's what's happening. That's what's going to happen to you. Like, I don't know. That's also kind of a fun one. I have a lot of stories like that that are just like, I'm not sure, like, I'm not 100% sure that it is a ghost or a psychic, but it is pretty weird. <laughs> this... I, also, I also lead a very strange life, so, like, there's just a high, a high likelihood that something strange would happen. <laughs> My, the likelihood, so this is what's going to happen. I'm going to walk in, I'm going to sit down, and the psychic's going to be like, Mm-mm, no, you got to go. <laughs> <laughs> Get out. <laughs> Sweet. Well, uh, if you are a ghost, please contact us. Contact Emily. I'm, I'm not quite ready for ghost. Here's what you do. Give us the same dream on the same night, but make it really strange so that she'll be like, oh my god, I had the weirdest dream last night. And then I'll be like, really? Uh, and then we'll, I'll, we'll talk and go, I had the same dream. And that's okay. how we'll know. Fair. That's how we'll confirm. I don't like scary, but like, you know unicorns pooped out candy and then it became raindrops and then like we flew into outer space or something i'm probably gonna have that dream now just because you described it (laughs) i don't i mean we've talked about this before i don't dream in color that's true you don't yeah i do i'm a sociopath apparently sociopaths don't dream in color do you only dream in one language i have had dreams in spanish before ole have you ever had dreams in dog no. <laughs> but I'm sure Felix, every night as I go to sleep and he's staring at me, which he often does as I'm going to sleep, he's like, understand me, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, bye. Adios. All Things Terror is written, recorded, and produced by two amateurs, Jennifer and Emily. Our sound editor is Clint. Intro music is by Cosimo Fogg. Come chat with us on Twitter at All Things Terror or Instagram at All Things Terror Podcast. Ask nicely and we'll probably send you a really cute sticker. If you like this podcast, tell a friend or write a review. It really helps us and helps more people find us. Goodbye forever.
button is on. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I was going to, I like to, you know, now that I'm saying this, I know he's going to put it as an Easter egg and it's really embarrassing and gross. I like to start with a little burp that's a present just for Clint. And I just did a really good one before we recorded, and I jokingly said I could force an audible fart out. And then I said, I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to do it. So that's what I'm not doing, Clint. Or is she? Just see if you hear it. <laughs> okay, let's see. Pick a card. Oh, Jennifer has asked me to pick a tarot card. Um... Is it the Three of Cups again? Uh, it's Judgment. <laughs> <laughs> it's It's got a nice... I feel like that card is judging me. Well, it's too bad because I'd like to think that um, my description of what the other card meant was really fun, but this one I can't... I mean, other than, like, this This is the card of bird of a giant bird shitting more birds or possibly bats. I can't tell if those are birds or bats. I think it's like bird Jesus and he has bat followers. Oh, maybe it is bird Jesus. So, the judgment card is calling you to rise up and embrace a higher level of consciousness for the service. Sorry, that was an advertisement. Of your highest good. Feels like a lot of work. No, the other one was way better. Yeah, it was like witches and friendship and good yeah. good creative times. I didn't pick a card. And my card is... Spider. It is spider. <laughs> spider and little stars. <laughs> that would be the Eight of Pentacles. Clint's like, can we please get over this part? It's like, I fucking hate you guys. We <laughs> talked about this. Don't do this. Well, we said that we were going to record, like, a regular intro. We didn't say that we would stop having conversation. We also didn't say that we would record the regular intro today. We also did not say that, but maybe we should. 